Good morning, church. Once again, we find ourselves opening our eyes to a new day, and hopefully the evening was blessed, and we were reassured as we woke up this morning that the Lord is with us. Hopefully you've had a somewhat eventful and at least a restful 4th of July weekend, and as I've been relaxing with my own family, I couldn't help but think back to what were the principles that the Founding Fathers based 4th of July off of, or or this idea of liberty and the promise of justice for all. And it truly comes from the Bible as uh, immigrants came to this country from all over and our founding fathers, founding the government and the principles of this government of the American democracy based on biblical principles, based on the Holy Bible. And what better liberator to emulate than Jesus Christ, the one who came to liberate us from sin and from death, uh, being the work that he did on the cross for us. And so uh, just hopefully we remember that as we, you know, do whatever we do, whatever activities we engage in this weekend during 4th of July, how desperately our our, our communities and our, our country as a whole needs to remember we can turn back to the Bible for uh, wisdom, vision, direction, encouragement, correction, reproof, all these things the Bible provides for us, giving us substance, giving us meaning, and giving us true liberty and true freedom to express God's love through our lives. And so I just encourage us to remember that as, again, we celebrate this weekend. We will be in Acts chapter 15 this morning, going through verses 22 through 35. So let's just go ahead and pray quick, uh, and I'll go ahead and begin, and we'll get into the message. Heavenly Father, thank you again for another day that you've given us to live. As you've risen us from our sleep, may we be awakened to your truth. May we look to you to fortify our lives. Lord, please speak through your word. Help us to be engaged. May we have uh, fertile hearts that are ready to receive your word. And please give us the ability through the Holy Spirit to apply your principles and truths to our lives this morning and this day. Father, we thank you and we love you. It is in the precious name of your Son, Jesus Christ, that we pray. Amen. Acts chapter 15, verses 22 through 35. It's seen, it, excuse me. Then it seemed good to the apostles and the elders with the whole church to choose men from among them and send them to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas. They sent Judas, called Barsabbas, and Silas, leading men among the brothers with the following letter. The brothers, both the apostles and the elders, to the brothers who are of the Gentiles in Antioch and Syria and Cilicia, Greetings. Since we have heard that some persons have gone out from us and troubled you with words unsettling your minds, although we gave them no instructions, it has seemed good to us, having come to one accord, to choose men and send them to you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, men who have risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have therefore sent Judas and Silas, who themselves will tell you the same things by the word of mouth. For it has seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay on you no greater burden 
than these requirements, that you abstain from what has been sacrificed to idols and from blood and from what has been strangled and from sexual immorality. If you keep yourselves from these, you will do well. Farewell. So when they were sent off, they went down to Antioch, and having gathered the congregation together, they delivered the letter. And when they had read it, they rejoiced because of its encouragement. And Judas and Silas, who were themselves prophets, encouraged and strengthened the brothers with many words. And after they had spent some time, they were sent off in peace by the brothers to who, to those who had sent them. But Paul and Barnabas remained in Antioch, teaching and preaching the word of the Lord with many others also. As we continue on in chapter 15 in the book of Acts, today we will learn how the early church was able to come to a final answer, a final decision on the hotly debated topic of how Gentiles were to be saved. We have the privilege of seeing how persistence in seeking the Lord is rewarded by God granting wisdom and direction to the ones seeking Him. We will look at how important encouragement in the body of Christ is for us to be encouraged, for us to to sense that we're being encouraged by other brothers and sisters in Christ and the leadership within the church. Because the reality is you and I will either be encouraged by those around us or we will be discouraged. And obviously we want to be encouraged. So this is why it is so important for us as we continue on our walk with the Lord. This is a great example of how the church is to resolve conflict and how we are to properly apply the solution to the problem. We have several main points and I'll start with the first one. Through the process of seeking the Lord's wisdom and counsel, there comes a time when a decision must be made. This is after you receive understanding, revelation, direction from the Lord. A decision must be made. Far too many times, conflicts are never fully resolved because both parties fail to make a decision and put this decision into motion, to put it into practice, to apply it to the situation, to apply it to their lives. The whole point of addressing a problem is to find a solution, then to make it official so the answer can be applied. Hence, there is no more problem. This is really essentially what the early church did, and this resulted in a letter being written explaining the steps needed to be taken to ensure peace amongst Gentiles and Jewish Christians within the early church. Then this letter was sent out to those affected by the problem. The early church was extremely decisive with their thinking and actions, and the Lord rewarded them with the solution to their problem. The second main point is this. Church resolutions should never be done in the dark, hidden away from the rest of the body. Problems within the church should always be brought to light, never tried to be covered up. 
Again, we have a great example of how the early church was able to do this. Jews and Gentiles alike, they were fully aware of the problems that were going on amongst them. And the leadership was also fully aware of what was going on. So the leadership wisely sought the counsel of the Holy Spirit and they were given the answer to their problems. Again, this is where the letter that was composed uh, comes into play. The letter made the resolution official and it was carried out for all to see and understand and hear. It was never meant to be a secret because the church leadership wanted every believer to understand their freedoms in Christ, but also what was expected of them to live in peace with one another. And that's so very important for us, even in our day and age, to continue to be transparent, as transparent as we possibly can be concerning matters within the church. The third main point is this. Despite Satan's attacks, the Lord's plans for his church will always prevail. The situation in the early church, the situation they faced, it had the potential to ruin the work of God in Antioch and beyond because this was a very tricky situation that was going on here. A lot of division could have erupted because of uh, the misunderstandings of how one can be saved. But because it was handled correctly, the brethren were strengthened and the word of God continued to go forth. Just as problems in the church shouldn't be resolved in isolation, likewise, God wants his church to work together to resolve the problem. There's a unity there. There's a one accordness that is going on within the body of Christ. And that, that, that explains the whole concept of the body of Christ. How can the body be fully functioning and work correctly if the body, if the foot is not doing what you know the it's supposed to do and the arm and the hands aren't doing what it's supposed to do and we take our orders from the head, which is Jesus Christ. And so we all come to come under submission to Christ and we function correctly as the body as the body of Christ this is why it is so important for a church to be in fellowship with not only Jesus Christ but with one another but actually as I just said when you really think about it if you're not in fellowship with Jesus Christ how can you truly be in fellowship with one another because true fellowship is born out of humility and love and that humility and love comes from Jesus Christ and true fellowship born out of a relationship with Jesus Christ, the enemy can't break. And that's why no matter what the enemy tries to do, if there is true fellowship amongst believers in Christ, then he will never be able to thwart the, the Lord's plans. The leadership of the early church came together in faith, seeking wisdom from the scriptures to resolve the problems they faced. In seeking the scriptures, they were actually seeking Jesus Christ, but they didn't do it alone. They did it together, one another ministry. Today, how we need this same type of strong fellowship in Christ together as the church to begin to resolve the problems inside and outside of the church. I've entitled this message, The Matter is Settled. And once and for all, this matter of, of, of circumcision and law-keeping was settled for the early Gentiles. Let's go ahead and begin and look at this first verse. And then it reads again. 
Then it seemed good to the apostles and the elders with the whole church to choose men from among them and send them to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas. They sent Judas called Barsabbas and Silas, leading men among the brothers. It pleased the apostles and the elders with the whole church. So we see first off that the apostles and elders came to a decision as this meeting wound down, the church leadership made a decision on the matter of ritual keeping for the Gentiles. And they decided basically that it would do them no good. It could not save them. Neither Jew or Gentile rituals can ever save one soul. And the simple application for us in regards to this is wherever there is a conflict or a dispute there will come a time where a decision must be made. There, we're we're going to go back and forth and we can discuss it and we can dispute the matter. But at some point, an answer will be given. You're seeking it through the scriptures, seeking it through the Lord. What's the Lord's will? Once you receive that revelation, once you receive that understanding, a decision must be made. The problem can't simply go unresolved. There cannot be what is known as a hung jury where they cannot figure out what decision to decisively make on the matter. Taking a stand for truth will many times be difficult and unpopular, but Jesus Christ will give you the courage and the strength to do so. Much credit should go to these certain men of Acts chapter 15, who allowed themselves to be convicted or convinced, excuse me, by the evidence from the scriptures and by the confirmation of the Holy Spirit. They ended up all agreeing on the matter. This is important to point out because they were teachable. Again, the root of their ability is in Christ. And when you are truly in Christ Jesus, you will take on the characteristics of humility. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17 tell us this. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, and for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. You see, their willingness to be taught and corrected was a catalyst for the church to move forward in correct theology. It was admirable the way that they were willing to be taught and shown where they were wrong. A teachable spirit is a very precious thing. And we need this same mentality within the church today. We need to be brothers and sisters, children of God that are teachable, not, not uh, you know, prideful and, and pig-headed and, 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 and thinking that, Our way of thinking is correct, but we have to allow the Holy Spirit to teach us and to show us if we are wrong in any area of our walk with Christ. Next, we see that they sent to chose men of their own company to Antioch. The next step for the early church in applying their solution to the problem was that the Jerusalem Council Council wisely sent two members of its own community, These men were probably Jewish Christians themselves. They sent them along with Paul and Barnabas back to Antioch, the place where the whole dispute arose. They sent Judas, called Barsabbas, and Silas, leading men among the brothers. The church was led to handpick two men mature in their faith to carry out this message and to go alongside uh, Paul and uh, Barnabas. 
Notice, as Jesus did with the disciples, no one was sent out uh, solo, bolo, on my own. I'm doing my own thing. I can do it. I'm going. I'm headstrong. No, they went out with one another. They went out with another brother on the mission, two by two. And this is significant to point out because, again, it speaks to the true fellowship the church must have. They were in one accord, having resolved the issue. Now they were heading out to let the rest of the body know what was happening. In application for us today, it's simply this. In every church fellowship, there should be faithful men in Christ ready to address problems within the church. And not only that, but also an available to be sent out to help others in the body of Christ when called upon. Because God is a God of order, we see structure put in place within the framework of the church leadership. Every believer, every believer has a place and a role within the body of Christ and in his church. When we are all willing to submit, obey, and to go wherever, whenever the Lord calls us, We will know we are doing our part to keep his church unified. Judas and Silas fulfilled their roles in the early church and the body of Christ was blessed by their faithfulness. That's encouraging, very encouraging. All right, let's continue on in verses 23 on down through 29. So this is in regards to the actual letter and it reads with the following letter. The brothers, both the apostles and the elders, to the brothers who are of the Gentiles in Antioch and Syria and Cilicia. Greetings. Since we have heard that some persons have gone out from us and troubled you with words unsettling your minds, although we gave them no instructions, it has seemed good to us, having come to one accord, to choose men and send them to you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, men who have risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have therefore sent Judas and Silas who themselves will tell you the same things by word of mouth. For it has seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay on you no greater burden than these requirements, that you abstain from what has been sacrificed to idols and from blood and from what has been strangled and from sexual immorality. If you keep yourselves from these, you will do well. Farewell. Next we see... What was stated within this letter to the churches as instructions to resolve the conflict between Jews and Gentiles. This letter was written specifically to the churches where Jews and Gentiles mixed together with the potential of tension and conflict. So it was not uh, blanketed and addressed to every single Gentile congregation. It was expressed to those of a mixed group. By the letter being written and sent out, this confirmed that the church leadership thought it was wise not to keep the rest of the body in the dark. Rather, they chose to come to a resolution and then allow all to know what the solution was to be. They were displaying unity as they were in one accord doing this, bringing in the rest of the body to to understand what was happening. The letter gives the express 
express decision of the council that Gentiles should consider themselves under no obligation to the rituals of Judaism except the sensitivity which love demands as to preserve the fellowship of the Jewish men and women and the Gentile believers. And this is by being aware of what they were doing and how they were doing it. The application for us is this. There is nothing worse than being strung along, left to question what is going on with the direction of the church. It is the leadership's responsibility to seek the Lord for direction and then to communicate that direction to the rest of the body. Though at times it may seem to take a lot longer than you would want or expect it, expect it to take, you should always know the direction the Lord is leading your fellowship. This letter answered the questions and brought great joy and encouragement to these young Gentile Christians in Antioch. This letter, it also appealed to the Holy Spirit's guidance. This letter was not written and prepared and produced under uh, the guise of just these these church leaders they were influenced they were they were uh, they were led by the holy spirit it was not their own thinking it was not their own wit it was not their own understanding but it was what the holy spirit had revealed to them we may be and this is important for us to understand because it shows us that believers should be careful not only in what we say, but also in how we say it, right? We can have the truth, but if we're not sharing it in an attitude that is Christ-like, it could be very detrimental and it could actually detract someone from the faith. We need to be led by the influence of the Holy Spirit because you see, we may be correct in our content, but we can lose our audience by our tone of voice or even our attitude. An example of this is, we've heard this before, all truth and no grace and vice versa. All grace and no truth. The, the saying goes, you know, all all truth and no grace is you can't just tell people, uh, you know, turn to Christ, turn and burn. You know, if you don't turn to Christ, you're going to burn in hell. Yes, that is true, right? But you need to be graceful in conveying that message. There needs to be, uh, you know, some kind of tact to it. And I'm not saying dilute the message and water down the truth of the gospel, but uh, there's more to it than turn and burn. But uh, at the same token, you know, you can't just share all grace and no truth. You can't just say that God accepts all people. We love to say God is love and we love to say God accepts all people. Yes, God accepts all who will turn to him for the remission of their sins and receive Jesus Christ as their personal savior. And it is true that all are created by God, but we are not all his children. So, I mean, again, there needs to be uh, the manner in how we share this biblical truth, we need to share it in a way that is led by the Holy Spirit. Again, the only way to get the best direction for your life is to seek the Lord, because He alone knows what you need and when you need need it. Proverbs chapter two verse six tells us, "For the Lord gives wisdom; from His mouth come knowledge and understanding." We are also told to seek God for the direction we need in our lives. James chapter 1 verse 5 tells us, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. You see, but you must believe the Lord will respond, 
even if it's not the response you and I are looking for. And, and this is what was going on with the early church. They did these things. They, they understood that they lacked wisdom, and so they sought the Lord, and, and, and they, they generously got uh, the answer that they needed so they could move forward and help uh, resolve the conflict between the Jewish Christians and these early Gentile Christians. Okay, let's go, ha- go ahead Excuse me, and move on to verses 30 and 31. And they read... So uh, when they were sent off, they went down to Antioch and having gathered the congregation together, they delivered the letter. And when they had read it, they rejoiced because of its encouragement. This debate over circumcision could have easily split the church. But Paul and Barnabas and the Jews of Antioch made the right decisions They sought counsel from God's word and from the church leadership. This was such an important issue to get cleared up because Satan was trying to infiltrate the church and implode it from within. And that's that's exactly what the enemy does. If he cannot destroy the church or tamper or tarnish the church from the outside, he will try to infiltrate the church and try to get the church to split from within. Again, the Bible's clear on that. A house divided uh, amongst itself cannot stand. And we never want that to be said of uh, the Lord's body, the, you know, his body. It cannot be. He tried to take advantage of those who thought they knew it all. Those Jewish Christians, they operated, they were operating in the vein of pride. They thought that they could put upon the uh, the Gentile new converts that they needed to uh, receive circumcision and complete the law, the Mosaic law. But Satan was also trying to prey on those who knew far too little. New believers, these babes in Christ, these, these uh, Gentile new converts. The application for us uh, in regards to Satan trying to implode the church from within is this. It's simply, you can't just have the pastor or the church leadership understanding the word of God. But the entire congregation needs to have not only a basic fundamental understanding of God's word, but an ever-expanding understanding of it. And this is why discipleship and fellowship and, and, and being together and the oneness is so important. This is why you know, you're encouraged to you know, do Bible studies amongst each other, uh, pray together, uh, seek counsel together, be in fellowship, do life together. Don't just go to a Sunday service or hear a Sunday message and that's it. But call your brothers and sisters throughout the week. Have the time where you interact with one another so you can, so you can be in a better position to be able to withstand the attacks of the enemy. This is the only way we will be able to make sound decisions in difficult times. Our differences, like the early church, should be settled by seeking counsel in God's word, in prayer, and discussing the matter with other spiritually mature believers. Once we come to make a decision, we need then abide by those decisions and not let disagreements divide us from other believers. Instead, we need to be encouraged that the Lord wants to grow all of us despite our diversity through unity in Him. In the end, the grace of God prevailed and the Gentiles were confirmed and guaranteed that their salvation comes by grace 
through faith in Christ alone. And that is the same for us today. So I just encourage you to take heart that your salvation is in Christ alone and to look to him to answer all of the problems and troubles you may be facing. Okay, let's let's end off with these last few verses found in chapter 15 of Acts, verses 32 down through 35. And Judas and Silas, who were themselves prophets, encouraged and strengthened the brothers with many words. And after they had spent some time, they were sent off in peace by the brothers to those who had sent them. But Paul and Barnabas remained in Antioch, teaching and preaching the word of the Lord with many others also. Again, we see constantly in these last few verses, the words encourage and strengthen. This is important to point out because the body of Christ constantly needs to be encouraged and strengthened. Just as the early church was under attack from Satan from within, so today the church is under heavy attacks with false teaching being more widespread than ever before coming from the pulpits. And so we need uh, the healing, we need the cleansing, we need the fellowship of the Holy Spirit and within one another so we can be encouraged, so we can be challenged, so we can be convicted, so we can be, uh, you know, reproved and corrected when we're wrong. And so we can be set on the right course to gain back ground against the enemy. Ultimately, the Lord's plans will prevail against Satan's attack. God chooses to use humans to speak the truth of salvation, the salvation of Jesus Christ that he offers. He uses men. He uses the foolish means of preaching to bring men to repentance. But because he uses us as his messengers, like Judas and Silas, we need to be willing to share this glorious truth with first the church and then others. We have to be willing. Again, that willingness, that humility, that obedience that follows. But it all starts with having a humble spirit. And that only comes by submitting ourselves to Jesus, being convinced, being convicted of the fact that we know that we need Jesus in our lives, at the center of our lives. Because Satan will never stop, even though he is a defeated foe, we as followers of Christ must be encouraged and strengthened daily. And this is so true. Satan is defeated. He knows he's defeated, but he's trying to do all he can to drag as many people away from the Lord to hell as he possibly can. And so you know that the onslaught of his attacks will continue. Just because you're in living that quarantine life right now, don't think for a moment that it's time for vacation and you're just kicking back and nothing's popping. Like, no, spiritually speaking, the Satan is on the ultimate attack right now because, you know, for, uh, you know, uh, a good part of what's going on, we are in isolation. And if we're not reaching out to one another, if we're not engaging in conversation with one another and doing our best to to be together, despite the, you know, the demands of shelter in place, the enemy is going to try to destroy our minds and get us uh, whooped up. An example of this is, again, just look at your own life. I'm sure there are areas where you could use some needed encouragement and strengthening in the Lord. This is why it is so important to remain in the fold of the shepherd. You don't want to wander off from the Lord's church. You don't 
want to do that because then you will not have access to the relationships that are set in place to help you to grow spiritually. This is what was going on through the faithful servants of the early church. And because of their willingness to obey Jesus Christ, many benefited in their faith growing stronger because the church stayed together, because the church didn't split, because they chose to double down on the word of God, seek the Lord for his wisdom, for his promise, for his direction, for the answers they needed. And when they got the answer, they were decisive and they applied these uh, principles so they could move forward in their uh, in their walk with the Lord. They didn't stop. They took it one day at a time, one foot after another, day by day, as we too in 2020 should do. Amen? Let's go ahead and pray. Father God, thank you again for just your word, as your word is true and active sharper than any two-edged sword. It, it it cuts directly to the heart of the matter, and we get everything we need from it every time. Thank you that uh, you give us understanding that the Holy Spirit illuminates your word, and it makes it uh, relevant to us so we can see how it's so applicable to our lives today. Father, may you give us the ability to apply this truth that we learned this morning, that we need to seek you in all things, as your word says, to worry about nothing but to pray about everything. All the concerns, all the anxiety, all of the stress, all of the tension that we can possibly be going through right now, we are told to not worry about it. We are to pray. We are to lay these requests at your feet and believe that you will answer according to your will. So Father, I pray for direction for our community, direction for your church, direction for this country we live in. May you help us as your church to tangibly find ways that we can reach into our communities and be a blessing to one another. And honestly, it starts in the home. May we be those that truly stand upon the rock of Jesus Christ within our own home and help us to make time for you within our days. It's easy to set, to not set aside time because we have so much free time. It's a, almost an oxymoron, but it's so true. When we have so much time, it's easy to just kind of slither away and say, I'll do it later. Help us to be diligent in our seeking of you daily. Help us to start and end our days on our knees, Lord, seeking your face and your hand in the matter, Lord, and, and make it just uh, make our hearts electrify, make it just contagious, Lord, that, that others around us would, would want to know your son, Jesus Christ, and help us to have the, the courage and the heart to share the truth of who Jesus Christ is and how he wants a, a deep relationship with them as well. Father, may you continue to do the work that only you can do. Father, we thank you and we love you. It's in Jesus Christ's mighty name that we pray. Amen.